This is a Rio Grande Guardian International News Service special report. Immigration Reform In a letter to President Joe Biden dated July 30th, Hidalgo County Judge Richard Cortez says, quote, I write to you today with an extremely pressing issue, the ongoing immigrant surge along the country's southern border demands immediate and decisive action. The director of Catholic Charities of the Rio Grande Valley, Sister Norma Pimentel, says that the recent executive order, GA37, issued by Governor Greg Abbott, impedes the work that Catholic Charities does in regard to Migrants. When our present leader of this state decided to make this executive order, it really is going to hurt us so bad because it's not going to let us be able to do what we are already doing that is helping the community be safe, that's helping this family be safe. And so we're not going to be able to take them to a hotel. We're not going to be able to take them to a hospital if they're sick. What's going to happen after that? United States Senator Lindsey Graham told Laredo Congressman Henry Cuellar that the nation as a whole is, quote, letting you down. The nation as a whole is letting you down. What's going on in your district is bad for the country. Uh, Only God knows what the illegal immigrants experience getting to our country. During a joint press conference on July 30th, U.S. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina and Democratic Congressman Hendrick Cuellar of Laredo announced an effort aimed at immigration reform. Uh, thank you all for coming. Um, Congressman Cuellar, is it the 28th District, Henry? That is correct. Senator. So I just was on a phone uh, call with, uh, with Henry uh, with people from his congressional district, police chiefs, NGOs, mayors, and it's pretty bad. Um, Congressman Cuellar has done everything he knows to do to try to get the nation's attention to the problems facing the 28th congressional district in Texas. We're letting you down. The nation as a whole is letting you down. What's going on in your district is bad for the country. Uh, only God knows what the illegal immigrants experience getting to our country. And the people who live in your district are literally under siege. And I'm going to have Henry start this off by explaining the nature of the problem. I spent about 45 minutes listening uh, to all aspects of the community in the 28th district. I will be going down there trying to help you fix a problem that affects everybody else in America because most of the people that come through your congressional district are sent to the interior of the United States. So it really is a problem for all of us. But finally, I just want to say I've been here for quite a while now, since 1995. I've never known anybody who is willing to speak truth to the power better than you, Henry. We have a Democratic administration. Tried to work with President Trump. I had my dust-ups, but you've done it in the right way. You've been respectful, but I want to be an ally in trying to get some relief to the people of your district. So, 
Senator, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. And I look forward to working with you. I appreciate all the good work you've always done on immigration reform. And uh, I really appreciate it. And I look forward to working with you and going down to the district, too, yes, also. Um, we just had a phone call, because I've always told the administration, look, I'm a Democrat. It's a Democrat administration. And I've been very respectful about the administration. All I said, look, you don't have to listen to me. I want you to listen to the border communities, and I want you to listen to the men and women of DHS, their families. Uh, this weekend, I just spent about three hours with agents and their families and their chiefs there, um, and their, especially their families. Uh, and they don't need pats in the back. They need uh, help down there on the border. Uh, today, uh, we had a phone call, and I want to thank the, the senator and his staff for being there because uh, I want people to hear from my local communities. I want you to hear. So we had folks from Hidalgo County, which is where most of you know, the epicenter is. We had a county judge, county commissioners, uh, mayors, uh, police chiefs, and, uh, and other folks there. We went to Starry County, same thing, county judges, commissioners, cities, uh, mayors, sheriffs, Zapata, and of course Hidalgo. And you heard, uh, and I mean Laredo, you heard Webb County and, and, and the mayor, uh, is very passionate, uh, Mayor uh, Science and other folks, Chief Landina and other folks. So I want people to hear from the local communities. And again, look, um, these are, and I emphasize, mainly South Texas, Hispanic, Democratic elected officials saying we need a pause and we need some help down here uh, at the border. Uh, we're, we're very compassionate. We understand most of us, you know, come from families from Mexico. Uh, you know, my father was a legal, born in Mexico, Guerrero, Tamaulipas, became a legal resident, became a naturalized citizen. They follow our procedures. And what they see, there's a under, underground tension in many ways in the Hispanic community saying, hold it. We followed this procedure. We follow the steps and we're seeing people just come in. And I think you heard uh, from folks that were saying also, Hey, we're concerned about this overcapacity. What is the end game here? Uh, you heard about how they're going to parks. And so when families want to go out there, what do we happen? You saw what happened in La Jolla, where they released people without even saying, and it was not Border Patrol, it was a uh, local NGO, and not telling the, the, you know, the folks in La Jolla what was happening down there. And you hear there, uh, you know, you hear uh, about safety concerns, Roma, Texas, as you know, in Stark County. It's right at the border. I'm very familiar. That's part of my district. La Jolla is part of my district. Uh, and, you know, people cross and they're walking through the streets and neighborhoods and they're saying, hey, people are just walking through. You heard from um, some of the school officials say, hey, what about our schools? And there have been lockdowns in schools uh, because they're right at the border and people started just coming through and they worried about their kids. So, and again, I've always said this, uh, and you've heard me say, you don't have to listen to me. They don't have to listen to me. The administration doesn't need to listen. I've been very respectful, very supportive of the administration. But something has to change uh, when it comes to uh, border immigration uh, issues uh, on that. And, uh, and again, we had the Border Patrol chiefs. Uh, we heard from Chief Ortiz. Uh, you heard about how hospitals are overloaded, as, as uh, Mayor uh, Science said. Hey, sometimes you have to pit a undocumented person that goes to a hospital with somebody that lives in Laredo or somewhere else. I mean, you know, there's limited spaces. What do you do? And, and it's not fair to pit a undocumented person to a, a, a U.S. citizen. And, you know, we represent 
you know, our residents, the citizens here. So this, are, I, I think, and I'll, I'll close on, on this, and I'll, uh, I'll let you talk about the letter. We have a, you know, we, 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 we put a joint letter together. Uh, and I'll let the senator and I'll follow up on that. But I, I thought it was important uh, for the senator to hear directly from the communities and how they feel about this. You want to talk well, about yeah, the letter? I do. Thank you very much. And uh, to, to the members of the press who are here, thank you. Uh, this is a story that needs to be covered. Uh, if this were the 28th Congressional District, uh, figuratively, the room would be full of folks from all over the world unvaccinated. You would have a hard time moving around. And I don't think people can appreciate what's going on at the border until you listen to the people who live there. So we'll do another phone call and we're going to stream this one. Yeah. We're going to find a way so that if you're interested in what's going on at the border, you can hear it from the people who live through it. So what have we come to conclude? Comprehensive, comprehensive immigration reform, in my view, is still very much needed. But you can't legalize people, in my opinion, until you first secure the border. I was involved in the Gang of Eight. And before that, with Senator Kennedy, McCain, um, Kyle, and Salazar in 2008, mm -hmm. trying to secure the border, pathway to citizenship for the uh, illegal immigrant population who are non-felons, switching to a merit-based immigration system to help our economy going forward. I still believe that. But the one thing I know you can't do is provide legal status without first fixing the border because it will create a run on the border like you've never seen before. So this idea of putting DACA in the uh, infrastructure package is a terrible idea until you first fix the border. And I sponsored the DACA bill with Senator Durbin. I've told him I am willing to work on a small deal, medium deal, or large deal, but the first deal is to bring relief and secure the border. So. Henry and I have come to conclude it's now time for a new set of eyes on this problem. That the people in charge have had six months and it's getting worse. And I'm not here to throw partisan stones today, but something's got to give, right? So we were talking yesterday, what could we do? Who do we trust? Who do we believe could help us get out of this mess? And we both con concluded almost instantaneously, Jay Johnson. Jay Johnson served with President Obama. He was a Democrat. I have a lot of respect for Jay. He was general counsel at DOD, uh, and he dealt with um, these issues as secretary. So the bottom line for me is that we're urging President Biden to create a special position to bring order to chaos put somebody in charge whose focus is just on the border and all the problems associated with it that would have uh, credibility in the eyes of Congress, and that's Jay Johnson. I can promise you that most Republicans respect Jay Johnson. And if Jay would be willing to do it, and if President Biden would be, would be willing to nominate him, I think you would find solutions pretty quickly. So that's what the letter's about. Something's got to give. A new set of eyes. So what's causing this? It was the police chief, I think, who said this third wave 
of illegal immigration is brought to you by Washington, D.C. The pull factors by policy changes, the new pull factors are too great for any money to the Northern Triangle to matter. I work with Vice President Biden to put $750 million into the system to help the Northern Triangle countries with their rule of law issues, with their economy, with their corruption problems. I am willing to invest more. But the root cause of this wave of illegal immigration is not a deterioration in the last six months of the Northern Triangle. It is that we've changed our policies where people all over the world believe now's the time to go to America illegally because once you get there, you're going to stay. Now, what did Jay Johnson do on his watch? We had a wave of uh, un unaccompanied minors and families coming from Brazil to take advantage of the asylum program. Jay Johnson got on a plane and flew back with these people to Brazil. He sent a signal to the source of the problem that this is not the way to enter the United States. We had 188,000 people come across last month. About 25 to 30 percent were not from the Northern Triangle. Every week that goes by, the word spreads throughout the world that the border is now open. If you can get one foot in the United States, likely you're not going to leave. So what we're asking for is for the administration to put somebody new, a new set of eyes, in charge of this problem and working in a bipartisan way to provide the resources and the policy changes to have a timeout so that we can catch our breath as a nation, give the people of Laredo and the surrounding area some relief. Now, what did I learn? I learned it is hell on earth right now in his district, given this problem, that the hospitals are full, that neighborhoods have hundreds of people every day walking through the neighborhood, crossing our border illegally, and it's very unnerving that the police are overwhelmed, that the COVID numbers are increasing, that the Border Patrol is doing the best they can. A shout out for the Border Patrol. I've been to Iraq and Afghanistan, <clears throat> I think 57 times. I've seen our men and women in the military in action under the most difficult circumstances imagined. I would put the Border Patrol and Customs agents who are dealing with this crisis on par with them. They're incredibly dedicated Americans, and I don't know how they go to work every day. What they see in terms of small children, the overwhelming nature of this problem, I just don't know how they do it, and I want them to know that Henry and I consider you all and your families American heroes. So I've sent three letters, one with uh, Congressman Cuellar to President Biden to put a new set of eyes on the problem somebody we all trust, Jay Johnson, I hope you will consider that Mr. President. And I stand ready to work with Jay or anybody else that has a rational plan forward. Number two, I've written a letter to Dr. Fauci and I'll give you a copy. I don't know what we should be doing, but I know this. I'm vaccinated. I've tried to be a responsible citizen. If you're not vaccinated, you need to get vaccinated because I think the risk to you and your family and the community goes down greatly. I think it is safe and I think it is highly effective. How you control the COVID problem in America 
must include an analysis of the border. We've had 50,000 people released in the United States because the Border Patrol ran out of capability and capacity to hold them. They literally put them on buses and shipped them throughout the country. I dare say any of them were tested. I dare say that the system at the border uh, is not controlling the problem associated with COVID coming from other countries. In Guatemala, the vaccination rate is less than 1%. So I've got a letter to Dr. Fauci. As you tell us what to do as a nation, you need to look at the situation at the border and give us an opinion as whether or not it makes sense what we're doing. And let me tell you, I think it makes no sense. I have a German engineer who works for BMW in South Carolina. So Germany invested heavily in the BMW plant in Greenville, South Carolina, Greer, South Carolina. The man wants to go home to see his, I think, mother or father, somebody who's critically ill, and I'm having to move heaven and earth to get him legally able to go back to visit his mother in Germany. I can't go to Canada. You can't go to Europe because of COVID restrictions. But we're having 1.2 million people cross our border being detained with no rational policy at all. Probably the best thing for the German engineers go down to the border, get caught, we'll probably send them to Germany. This is, makes no sense. It's dangerous. It needs to stop. So, Dr. Fauci, you need to answer my letter as to whether or not you understand what's going on at the border and what changes do we need to make, if any, to really deal with the COVID problem because I think the super spreader event of all super spreading events is at our southern border. To Secretary Marcus, I wrote you a letter last week. Of the 1.2 million people who came here illegally, how many of them have been tested? How many of them have been released? to the United States, how many positives were there, and what system do you have in place to ensure testing, what happens if somebody comes up positive, and of the 1.2 million, how many have been allowed to stay in the United States, and what protocols do we have to deal with COVID? To the NGO community in your district, <clears throat> they're American heroes on the same footing as the Border Patrol, the Catholic Charities and others are giving refuge to these folks, they're being overrun, and the system is literally broken. We're creating a national security nightmare for this country. It would be very easy for terrorists to integrate themselves in the flow of illegal immigration. Our border communities are under siege. The hospitals are full. The cops are having to do more than they can possibly do. And it is now time to define the problem and fix the problem. Count me in for investing in Northern Triangle countries as part of a solution, but the pull factors have to change. And I just want to thank uh, Congressman Cuellar for having the guts to speak truth to power, to let the administration know what's going on on the ground. And what's so sad for me is I had a mask that said, mask up the border. I mean, if you're really worried about who should be wearing a mask, you need to fix the border. This is a border completely porous and open when it comes to COVID. There are no protocols in place, and the capability of the Border Patrol to manage the flow has just been lost. 
we have lost control of the border in your district. Do you agree with that? We got some big problems. Okay, I'll say that. He says big problems, I say we lost control. So we'll be glad to take questions, but here's what's so sad for me. If I had a news conference taking a shot at Donald Trump about anything, this room would be full. All of you, not all of you, a lot of you have masks. You, you know, you're doing what you think is responsible for yourself and, and your neighbor. We're putting the people of the 28th Congressional District at risk. We're putting their economy at risk. We're putting their health at risk. We're putting the future of their children at risk because we've lost control of this issue, controlling our border and the COVID problem as it relates to illegal immigrant crossings. It is now time to work together without, you can blame everybody for the last 20 years. You can blame me, you can blame Henry. We're trying, but I'm not looking backward, I'm looking forward. Yes, and as I look forward, I'll end with this. The mayor of Laredo said, we're still pretty safe, but I worry about where we're gonna be as a community in the next six months. The police chief said, the resources I have now are beyond my, the problems I, I'm having to deal with are beyond the resources, but every passing day it gets worse. The Catholic charities and other NGOs have said, without some help, we've, we've reached the breaking point. So I've listened to the people of the 28th Congressional District. Your Congressman has been the most effective voice in all of Washington about trying to find a way forward. I join his cause. I stand ready to work with the Biden administration, Democrats and Republicans, but I will not, I will not let this go uh, without one hell of a fight. Questions? Preguntas en español or English? <laughs> you can be in charge of this <laughs> I was gonna let you do it in español. It'll be a very short news conference. Ha dicho que legalizar, dar eh, camino a la ciudadanía para un grupo de, de, de migrantes eh, sería un error si es que primero no se eh, soluciona el tema de, de, la, de la frontera. ¿Cuál es su posición en cuanto a legalizar a un grupo de migrantes indocumentados en el proceso de reconciliación? Sí, bueno, necesitamos este, tres cosas cuando hablamos de, de inmigración. Necesitamos asegurar la frontera. Necesitamos un programa de trabajos temporales y necesitamos también este, eh, tener una manera para ser ciudadanos los 11, 12 millones de personas que tenemos. Uh, usted oyó el senador, este, él no está de acuerdo de la consideración. Para mí, si es posible, lo quiero ver. Quiero ver algo entre demócratas y republicanos, pero si es la única manera de poner en la concesión, si se puede hacer, no sabemos. Todo depende de la decisión que se va a hacer. Uh, este, yo lo apoyo. Okay. Sí. Sí. <laughs> Steph. No, he's here. Oh, I, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's listening to us on that. Yeah. Look, I, I, I have his contact. I have reached out. It's been a little busy. You know, I've been getting home about 11 o'clock. Look. Look, first of all, we're not criticizing anybody that deals with the border, but we do need a new set of eyes. You know, businesses do it all the time. Hey, let's bring an outside uh, person to come in and give us a new eyes. We've had a border star. If you recall, we'd had Roberta Jacobson, 
In my opinion, she did great in Central America. Being border, I think that might have been a little different. And she's not there. We don't have a border star. We've had border stars in the past. Uh, and I think bringing somebody like Jay Johnson, and I think you heard me, I've always said Jay Johnson as the center, and I, we said we agree on him. Uh, and he was compassionate, yep. but he followed the law. Yep. And look, and one of the things he did, and I know we had a lot of conversations, and you mentioned also, was, that, look, you know, if, if, if somebody needs to stay here, has to stay, he stays. But if somebody, he or she has to be returned, he returned. We see images. You know, you can't just talk about people coming over. But we see images of people coming in. Has anybody ever seen a single picture or video or image of somebody being returned? They don't want to show that because, unfortunately, they don't want to offend the immigration activists. And I've always said it's good to have immigration activists, but you also have border communities, and you heard from them directly, border communities and the men and women of DHS. So what we're saying is, you know, Jay Johnson would be, we haven't talked to him, but somebody like him would be good. Somebody who has his credentials uh, would be good. Uh, but in my opinion, uh, uh, and I think also the Senator, Jay Johnson understood it. He wrote the playbook, if you yes, think about it. And let me just add that. I've been involved in a bipartisan way trying to fix this problem. If they try to put DACA and the uh, $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill, it'll blow up any hope of bipartisanship for a very long time to come. I think what we should do is we should have an asylum reform fix. People are coming here. We, we canceled the Remain in Mexico pro, uh, policy. Now people are coming here making asylum claims and they're being released and they don't show up. People are being released without a court date, 50,000 people. Guess what? None of them are showing up. I don't blame them. I blame us. So what I'd like to do is repair uh, the, the asylum loophole, plug it for a while, try to find some ways to better secure the border, and for that maybe we can do docking TPS. You just got to slow down the flow. You got to have a timeout on these illegal crossings. You got to give these communities along the border some hope and breathing space before you break them. And, and, and you heard the border communities. I mean, it, I'm just reflecting uh, I'm just a mirror of what my communities are saying. I, I mean, it, and you heard them. It, I, I have not said anything else that my border communities, remember the profile I gave you there, you know, I, again, I want to get political, but they're Democrats or Hispanic mainly uh, well, down Americans. there. They're Americans, they're Americans. But they're saying, yeah. you know, forget about political party. We need help down yeah, here. Exactly. Uh, and, 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 and look, last week, over 20,000 individuals. Uh, uh, yesterday, uh, day before yesterday, there was a group of 509 people uh, in one group itself. Steph, you wrote about the, the story about the, the 50 people in prosecutorial discretion. Uh, last week, it was actually 55,000 people. That basically, people are being put on the honor system to show up uh, on immigration without, I don't think the honor system should be the, the protocol that we you should use because, as you wrote, people are not showing up. They're, you know, they're, they're not given a notice to appear. So you have the notice to appear, then you have the prosecutorial discretion, the 55,000 plus, you have large numbers, and I've asked the administration very respectfully, what is the end game? What is the end game on this? And I don't know if they know the answer, or maybe they don't want to share it with me. What is the end game? And as the senator said, we got to look at push factors, and we got to look at pull factors. If you just focus on the push factors down there, We've invested billions of dollars. You worked on the Senate side here. I worked with Kay Ranger 
Republican from uh, Fort Worth uh, on the 750 on the House side on the appropriations. We've added billions of dollars to Central America, but we still have people coming in. Push factors, but the pull factors. If a coyote makes uh, charges six to eight thousand dollars, and use the lower number, six thousand. We've had over a million people. Somebody do the math, and I'll tell you how, how much money. And that doesn't even include the getaways, 10%, 15% getaways. And there's somebody making money out there, and it's the coyotes. So just adding on to the Jay John, you're not even sure if this is something that you would want, a role, a position that you would want. Do you have another name in case? Uh, I'm, I'm open. Why did we do this? Because we feel like we, we're running out of time. The problem's going to get to the point you really can't, it'd be almost impossible to fix. So we agreed on Jay. We probably should have called Jay, but it's symbolic. If Jay can't do it, I understand. If he's willing to do it, the Biden administration would be making a mistake not to give him the opportunity. A new set of eyes. And I don't care who people voted for in the 28th Congressional District in 2020. They voted for me. That yeah, well, I, okay. <laughs> they voted for Henry, and if I lived there, I would vote for Henry. So the bottom line is... Um, this is about the future. It's about a group of Americans on the border who are feeling the brunt of illogical policies. Many have existed for decades. They're getting worse, not better. Senator, I think you've made clear your position on a topic for DOCA here, but Speaker Pelosi today said she supports immigration reform and the reconciliation bill. It seems like this train is leaving the station, so what can you do to prevent that from happening? Well, number one, what it will do, it will destroy the ability for me to sit down and fix this problem in the future because here's what's going to happen. Speaker Pelosi, I respect her. We've known each other for a very long time. If you legalize anybody in this environment without first addressing the pull factors in the broken border, you'll be sending a message to the world Look what they just did. Let's get there. We'll be in the next tranche. You'll be adding jet fuel to a fire. Not one time have we ever suggested legalization first, border security second. So there seems to be some confusion about how specifically a path to legalization could fit in the budget reconciliation. On the one hand, you have Senator Hickenlooper saying that it will be a pay for. On the other hand, you said you have Senators Carper and Cardin saying that there's funding for it. Uh, Chuy Garcia said yesterday that there's a top line figure of $126 billion. So um, beyond sort of like the legalization elements, I know you're here to talk about border security. How does these things fit together then? If you, if you want border security, say, through reconciliation, it would need obviously a... Reconciliation effect. is a partisan process right. that needs to be abandoned when it comes to illegal immigration. He's a re Democrat. I'm a Republican. I think I can buy into aid to the Northern Triangle. To Vice President Harris, it's not that I disagree that the conditions in the Northern Triangle need to be addressed. Vice President Biden knows very well that I was the go-to Republican to put into the Senate bill, the SVOP bill, a $750 million program to combat corruption, improve the economy, and help uh, deal with the underlying uh, push factors, okay? Count me in for that. But if you just did that and you didn't change the pull factors, more and more people are coming outside Northern Triangle countries. And if you legalize somebody without first dealing with the pull factors, you're going to have a wave of new illegal immigration from all over the world. We have never done legalization then border. So my, my belief is 
stop the partisan process for legalization, see if you can find ways to deal with the pull factors sufficient enough to stop future flow. I will deal with the underlying uh, push factors and we'll have a pathway to citizenship for a group of people that are probably very deserving. You don't see any way to do that in the current Congress then, given that the, I mean, what everybody's saying right now is that the only path forward for legalization will be directly reconciliation. I, I'm saying that's not a viable pathway forward. It makes the problem even worse. With a, even with well, but, but you wouldn't do it through reconciliation because no Republican is going to vote for a three and a half trillion dollar socialist document. Now, listen, I have been, I've got the hell beat out of me. I'm sure Henry's getting the hell beat out of him by immigration activists. It comes with a job. To people in South Carolina, why are you doing what you're doing for all these years? I've got no problem with a pathway to citizenship if we, have, if we fix the underlying problem. I don't want another wave. So count me in for giving the people who've been here a very long time a chance to stay here on our terms, but we need to make sure that that's the end of it, that we secure our border, we have a logical immigration system. I have no animosity toward the illegal immigrants coming. I have a lot of, uh, my heart breaks for what I see. I mean, can you imagine being in a Catholic charity, dealing with this day in and day out? God bless you. Can you imagine being a border patrol agent who has a couple of kids of your own? I mean, I've been there enough to know. And so I, I'm just begging the Biden administration. Let's call a timeout, get a new set of eyes. Let's put rational policies on the table. Very quickly, it's not rational that I can't go to Canada because it may hurt the United States COVID problem and completely ignore a border that's on fire when it comes to COVID. It makes no sense that I can't go to Europe or a German engineer working in South Carolina can't visit their family because we're worried about the spread of COVID if he goes back to Germany and you're completely ignoring a border on fire when it comes to COVID and illegal crossings. So that's got to stop. And talking about border crossings, um, <clears throat> and I agree with the senator. Look, um, before COVID-19, there were uh, over 18 million Mexicanos that would come into the U.S. to spend over $19 billion. Monies for our stores, monies for our hotels and restaurants. And I've talked to the secretary several times. I've talked to CDC. I've talked to Dr. Anthony Fauci, I think Dr. Anthony Fauci understands why can we not open, you know, lift the border restrictions. So what people ask me in my district is, let me get this right. So we're not letting the legal visa holders from Mexico uh, that spend billions of dollars in the U.S., over $19 billion a year, uh, pre-pandemic numbers, but you're letting undocumented in. And I've asked the secretary, why are the legal visa holders a health issue, but the undocumented uh, not a health issue? Uh, I, and again, I'm, I'm for strong border security. I, I said it in the appropriations. Uh, on reconciliation, you know, I, I have a different position from the senator, and I respect his position. I want to see bipartisan. The last time we had bipartisan was Ronald Reagan and the Democratic Congress. They did amnesty. I, I don't agree with amnesty. I do not believe in amnesty. I can tell you that. Um, but I want to see a bipartisan. But unfortunately, we can't do it. I've been here not as long as you. I've been here 16 years and we've been talking about uh, uh, immigration. I do want to see immigration. If we have to look at that path, I know it's political. I prefer a bipartisan approach. I know the senator has been uh, very active in the Gang of Eight and other folks on that. But you know, we'll see what happens on that. And it depends on, 
you know, what the parliamentarian says. It, it, it's going to depend on the Senate side. I've asked CRS. They told me it's possible, but they're not the, the final decider. It's going to be uh, uh, the parliamentarians. Do you, do you support overruling the parliamentarian if they were to... Uh, um, I, don't, I don't sit on the Senate, so I can't answer that question. You, you mentioned the preference for... Um, uh, citizens in hospital beds over undocumented immigrants. Do you believe that you represent the illegal immigrants in your district? Well, look, uh, I, I tell you, I represent the residents here. I represent them. I, I, yeah, well, let me, let me finish. Uh, I want to treat the undocumented aliens with respect, especially the unaccompanied kids. I mean, we treat those kids like if they're out. Treat them with respect. But I'm telling you, in my communities, and you heard uh, our mayor, they were saying why are you pitting our citizens with undocumented that might have to fight for a, a, a precious hospital bed? Why is the administration, they basically said, why are you pitting us? We should not get to that question. Uh, we should not get to that question. But you heard the mayor. It's not fair to be put in that situation by the administration. Yes, ma'am. Then to be last one, I got to run vote. It's obviously required to get funds from, from most of the Department of Homeland Security, but also Department of Health and Human Services. Have there been any discussions among members of Congress about providing additional funds in some way? I, I think a supplemental uh, on this issue is, is warranted after hearing. So what changed for me is I'd be willing to do a supplemental apart from a sort of a universal fix if you can show me we're headed in the right direction. But the people in the 28th district need some help, and they need it now. So, Henry, if you want to work on a supplemental, uh, count me in. But for it to be successful, you got to show that we're headed in the right direction. We're all worried about Afghan interpreters who risk their lives to help America in a war that's been going on for 20 years. We're pulling teeth to get the right number of visas. We're doing the vetting process. We spent, a, I think, a billion dollars, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just perplexed. Look how hard we're trying to do it right with the Afghan interpreter. The best thing for the Afghan interpreter is to pay somebody if they can afford it to go to the southern border and they're here to stay. The bottom line is this is not rational, but we need help for the border communities now. We need money into the system. They're being overwhelmed, but that money has to be part of an overall plan to have a timeout. Then we can discuss what to do in terms of citizenship and all the other combinations, but I just want to let you know, I listened today for about 45 minutes. I didn't realize it was this bad. Uh, you shouldn't, they're very compassionate people. I've tried to show some understanding. An undocumented woman in this country, illegal immigrant woman, if she's assaulted, she's afraid to go to the cops because she might. There's no upside to this, right? There's no upside to illegal immigration. The people are coming because everybody would try to get to America if they could. We just can't let everybody come this way. His father did it right. I want to expand legal immigration. I want to give those who've been here for years working while we all look the other way a chance to stay on our terms. But this news conference is about a plea to the administration and the Congress to get a new set of eyes to work together, not against each other, to fix a problem before it completely gets out of hand. If you lived where Henry lives, if you had to go through what they go through every day, you would be thinking that nobody in this country cares about you. 
Well, Congressman Cuellar is making it uncomfortable for the rest of us to look the other way. I don't represent Texas. I've talked to Senator Cornyn. I've talked to Senator Cruz. They want to be helpful in their own way. So, Henry, if you want to put together a supplemental for border communities, count me in, and we'll see if that would be the starting point for a larger conversation. Thank you. Let me just close up and say, yeah, the Senator, all I have to say, top line, from listening to our border communities, they said, give us a pause, let us catch our breath, yeah. we need some help. And we're asking through the letter is, put a new set of eyes, um, uh, and in a constructive way, somebody that has the experience that can deal with the border. Um, so that's all we're asking yeah. for. Thank you so much. Muchas gracias. Hablamos pronto. Thank you very much. Senator Lindsey Graham said that he is planning a trip to South Texas. This has been a Rio Grande Guardian International News Service special report.